Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Okay, so Schwan, uh, let's you want to get started here or what? Yes, sir. Okay, so last Saturday, so the first thing we want to talk about is that Aspen Ladd missed weight for her fight with um, um, uh, Macy Chase on. And as usual, there was a lot of knee-jerk reaction to this. I tend to kind of wait until I get the story as to exactly what happened. These days when fighters miss weight, they have to explain it. And so uh, Aspen did explain it, and she was on her period. And for those who don't know, that can play havoc with weight cutting. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that the UFC, etc., was aware of this. So they weren't particularly surprised, I'm sure, when she missed weight at 137. And uh, the erroneous reporting was that the UFC canceled the fight or the Nevada State Athletic Commission canceled the fight. But she would, Aspen was cleared to fight. Okay. Macy got angry, okay, and decided not to fight, okay? I don't know why the hell you come all the way from Houston and it would be reasonable for her to, to, to take a fight like that and she just doesn't do it. So, <clears throat> I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, she's uh, fighting next week. Actually, what happened is that uh, next week, Holly Holm, supposed to be Holly Holm versus uh, Norma Dumont at Featherweight. And Holly Holmes suffered a knee injury, so uh, Aspen is going to fill in for that. I don't think she's going to stay at featherweight. I think it's kind of unlikely. Yeah, I didn't really. I mean, I understand why Chase and Chase didn't take it. If you go by the record of the person who missed weight fighting, it's in their favor. You use the the person who missed weight actually wins the fight, and maybe Chase and just says, "I'm." I'm a professional. I want you to make weight. I don't know if that's the reason or not. I have no idea what was going through their minds. I don't. I, I don't think badly of Lad or Chasen. Chasen, job. She made the weight, and I'm not saying there's not a reason. There's not a legitimate excuse. But the fact of the matter is, she didn't make weight. Chasen shouldn't. If she doesn't want to, shouldn't have to look down upon because someone else didn't make weight. Uh, don't look down. No, hold it. Hold it. Don't look down upon her. But it makes no sense to come all the way from Houston and you don't fight. Oh, I understand that. But there's a lot of things in the world that don't make no sense. Fight or pay for one. It is what it is. She made her choice. I just didn't like the knee jerk reaction and all that and, and, and the inaccurate reporting. I, you know, who needs it? And guys, these guys who supposedly are experts about this sort of thing need to knock it off. Yeah, but everybody has, I mean, I'm just used to it. People have the right to express their opinion. It's negative and sometimes ill-informed. People spreading information or getting hyped over something also pushes the sport forward. So you can't take the good without taking the All right. Well, anyways, we'll talk about her fight next week. We'll talk about that next week. So let's talk about Saturday's show. And the first fight we have is at uh, Flyweight. Um Casey O'Neill beat um, Antonina Shevchenko by second round TKO. And the first round was fairly close. What happened is that Casey went for a takedown and she wound up on the bottom for a while, but she got out of it. 
and she was, you know, taking over it towards the end of the round. I thought it was pretty close. Didn't matter because in the second round she took over and uh, uh, finished uh, Antonina uh, with ground and pound. Uh, I thought the uh, ref was a little late with the stoppage, but uh, that's fine. Uh, I'm not particularly surprised that Casey won like that. Um, she looks like she could be headed to a title shot at some point. Yeah. Um, when I saw Antonina backing up and, and giving giving ground to uh, Casey, I really felt like this was, was a fight that was going to go badly for her because um, Antonina is not super light on her feet and mobile and a slick counterpuncher. She kind of likes to move forward behind the jab, on strikes. And the fact that Casey's – and then Casey, as good as she is, Casey's still raw, and she gets by a lot on her athleticism, her physicality, and her – so you let her build momentum by coming in at you. Now, it it, op- it created an opening for her, but ultimately, O'Neal's kind of ferocity and her explosiveness pretty much turned the fight because Shevchenko, and I've said this before, she should be fighting at a higher weight class. She can't get engaged in any sort of grinding kind of positional battle – she fades. And after the first round, when she had to fight for control and all that stuff, going to the second round, she looked a half step slower and O'Neill just overwhelmed her. I mean, she's good technique. She's smart fighting. Really overwhelmed her and outworked her. I also think Casey may have made a couple of adjustments in two rounds. Well, I think she made some adjustments, but let's just say she didn't get taken down off that first shot. I think she would have physically overwhelmed Shevchenko. Shevchenko was hesitant to exchange with her. Shevchenko, the legitimate striker, was hesitant to exchange with the person who, in theory, shouldn't have one one tenth of her skill on the feet. That's not a she, good sign. She's also bigger than Casey. Yep. So you're a bigger, more proven striker, and you're backing away from a less seasoned, smaller striker. That tells me all I need to know about that fight and her mind. Yeah, so good performance by Casey. I, I look forward to uh, what she's going to do next. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how far she goes. It was funny. Somebody on Twitter said, Casey O'Neill is who everybody told us Macy Barber actually was. I found really? that to be particularly funny. We have other fighters in the, in the mix, too. <laughs> we have other fighters in the mix, too. So it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Uh, then we had Carol Rosa. Uh, beat um, uh, Betch Correa by uh, unanimous decision. And Carol uh, won pretty easily. Um, round two was, I think, close to a 10 8. And what really killed Betch was knees to the body. Holy mackerel, that killed her. Now she kind of let up and ran her. Carol kind of let up in round three. I guess she didn't really want to finish a bench at a retirement fight. So, uh, but good performance by, by Carol. Yeah, there's there's two things. I mean, there's historically there's the good bench, and then there's a bad one. At times, she has shown high IQ, slick counter punching, great, and timely takedowns and control. At other times, she has shown herself to be. Uh, um, slow on the feet as far as her thinking, unathletic, and just incapable of, of enacting an intelligent game plan. It seemed like we got the bad bitch. And the worst part about it is she's already a step athletically, and she was never a great athlete to begin with. So she's a step and a half slow. She clearly, I don't think, had really conditioned herself for a real, for this kind of opponent. 
she was after she took a couple shots to the body with the knees, you just saw her the energy kind of sap out of her, and she was just trying to survive and get through the round. To be quite honest, I I don't think trying to win unless Rosa really pushed the issue. So I mean, Betch had a good career. She made more based on her talent. She got farther than her talent should have. She should be proud of what she accomplished, but. It is definitely her time to go. When you're when you're that kind of athlete, you can't be one point under top condition or one point under focus. You have to be on every every single aspect because you don't have the athleticism to turn the fight around. It's a big name win for Carol Rosa. I don't know that it tells us a whole much about it, but it should give us no, momentum. What it tells us, I think, to a certain extent, is that uh, we talk about this all the time, that, you know, go to the body. You know, don't be a headhunter. Yeah, MMA camps don't teach that. Well, anyways, she's had a pretty good camp, so I think she's got a future. We'll see what happens with her. She's yeah, still I'm, young. I'm, I'm curious to see how far. I mean, this is a good – I mean, even though Betch is faded, obviously, it's still a name. It's still a win. And in that division, two or three wins, you could be right in line for a title shot. So this, hopefully this is some, some momentum for her. And she fought smart. If she would have fought her typical fight, I think she could have eked out a decision – but she she did what was smart. She attacked a, a fighter who, who had been semi-retired. She went to the body. That's the smartest thing to do against a fighter who's not active. Go to the body. They're not ready for it. They can take a headshot. Go to the body. Play. She fought She fought a smart, efficient fight. Who was in the third fight again? Oh, let me see. Because I'm forgetting. I'm totally drawing a blank. I keep forgetting. I've looked That's at not a good that's not a good sign for us, though. <laughs> no, well, I'm old. I got an excuse. Old? You're a young man. You can't be no, a day past 27. Not a that's day what, past 27. That's what you think. Uh, that other fight is... Let me pull up. I'm sorry. One second. I got it. Here we go. It was... Stephanie Egger. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. S- Stephanie Egger beat Shannon Young. Okay, so... Uh, by... Um, uh, second, what was it? Second round TKO. So yes. Shannon made this really stupid mistake in round one, where she got taken down. <laughs> yeah, and she's trying to get a heel hook from bottom position, and you know she that took a lot out of her. Like she spent too long trying to do that, and it was never going to pay off. That's a low percentage. Submission, yeah. especially by a mediocre fighter. I, I, I didn't understand why she did that against Edgar, who was actually a pretty good grappler. Not a great wrestler, but a pretty good grappler. I didn't understand why you sell out for that that move against somebody who's, who's who I think is a little bit better, more technical. <clears throat> well, I don't know why she did it either. It was stupid. It just shows she, she's not, uh, not only uh, not a very good fighter, she's stupid. Okay? And then in round two, Stephanie, you know, killed her and one by TKO. Now, there were some complaints that uh, Mark Smith uh, was an early stoppage, but I think actually what happened there is he warned uh, Shanna to fight back, and then he thought she was out for a second, and that's why he stopped it. I mean, it wouldn't have lasted much longer. It doesn't doesn't tell me a whole lot about Stephanie because, you know, who knows, right? I think one of the biggest problems I have when you have a fighter with some athleticism, especially in the, the female ranks, is it has, and WMMA hasn't been around long enough for, for you to really see that evolution of the athletes. So you have girls who are decent or pretty good athletes, and they think they're 
exceptional. So Shana Young is used, to, probably used to making certain mistakes in in sparring or in fights that she can power through. She can she can grab, snatch a submission from a bad spot because athletically she's better than somebody. She's not that much better of an athlete than Edgar, if at all. And Edgar's a better grappler. So certain submissions she could get against a lesser opponent weren't there. And she exhausted herself because she's never had to think, in my opinion, she's never had to think her way through a fight. And now, even though she had an advantage, and clearly I felt overwhelmed Edgar, she served herself up. So what she really needs to do is focus on her awareness and balancing out her skill set. Because in two fights we've seen, she's been somewhere because she didn't she had no sense of awareness and no no with the skill in her fighting she served herself up to be beaten and she had no backup plan to get her out of trouble to get her back to her her strength as far as a fighter three fights schwan she also lost on contender series right and what happened with what happened with her is she came in as a short elite notice replacement so she's clearly not a ufc caliber fighter so i think she's got one more fight she's gone didn't Edgar have her first fight against Tracy Cortez? Yes. So it was like Edgar was prepared for a better athlete, a better wrestler, and a more challenging striker. So basically a better version of Shana Young. So Shana Young couldn't do anything to her because Edgar had seen a much better version of her. And so she just basically let her make a mistake. We don't know anything more about Edgar because Edgar isn't very durable. She's not super strong. I don't remember her striking being particularly sharp. We just saw somebody make a very mistake and get punished for it. So we we still don't know anything about Edgar, except she's pretty a decent defensive grappler and is smart enough to take advantage of a, somebody who exposes themselves completely, which isn't well, much in, in WMMA. I, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, i just like to see the fight. We saw, we saw what happened when she fought Tracy. She got beat, so who knows, right? She, she, she had a moment or two, but the athleticism and the aggression was too much. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to this Saturday. And the main event on this show is Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez at Strawweight. And, uh, you know, Mackenzie Dern, you know, she's been much better since she's been training with Jason Perillo. Okay? Because he's the king. He's the guru of striking. You can ask Michael Bisping or Chris Cyborg, and they'll tell you he's the guru of striking. So, you know, she's a BJJ whiz, and he's kind of integrating her BJJ with uh, with uh, striking. Now, <coughs> the thing to keep in mind about Jason Perillo is he's not affiliated with a gym or anything like that. So what he normally does is he uh, takes on uh, – elite fighters for advanced training. That's how Chris Cyborg went to him, okay? And they they posted a video on Twitter today. A uh, video was posted on, with, with uh, Mackenzie uh, 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 striking. Somebody was holding pads or whatever. Uh, in Jason's gym, it looks like a damn warehouse, okay, with a cage, okay? He doesn't have a gym. He's not affiliated with the gym, okay? Mm-hmm. He trains who he wants to train when he wants to train and that's very unusual in this business would you agree with that Sean? yeah well i mean it's usual it's something we're starting to trevor whitman essentially does that now or he was for a period of time and but jason perillo has always been kind of a freelance guy he comes in and he gives specific guys 
and guidance and he doesn't do it for a whole group of a whole camp. Like I'm not in charge of the 25 fighters in this camp. I'm in charge of who I specifically came here to work. Well, yeah, he has obviously has a gym in his house or something like that or someplace. And he, he just has a cage there. and He works for very few fighters. So uh, I would imagine that Chris Cyborg, I would imagine that Chris Cyborg uh, sent Mackenzie there after she, her husband got in an argument with uh, her previous guy. Well, the best thing about what he does is like there's there's a lot of camps and what a lot of camps do, like they'll say, oh, we have Jackson Wing. Look at what we've done. You don't work with Jackson or Wink until you get to a certain point or you go to ATT and you want to work with Mike Brown. You don't get to work with Mike Brown right off the bat. You get work with some of these other people and work your way into position with Jason Perillo. He he's just making it up front. If you have to first, you have to be a certain caliber of fighter. And secondly, you're exclusively I'm running the show. I'm be taking any input from these other people who are directing things. I'm running the show. The key focus is you 100%. I'm not trying to help you and your sparring partner because your sparring partner isn't, isn't hired by me. I'm bringing in guys I want. And I'm not bringing in guys from our camp. I'm bringing in guys who fit and can prepare you for your future opponent. And that's a big difference. That's, a, that's the one hole MMA has. They bring in specific sparring to match what your opponent's going to do. In MMA, you just spar whoever's around. Well, that isn't helping me. Sparring Donald Cerrone doesn't help for Rafael Desanos. They're two different kinds of fighters. So he's actually coming up with strategic and conceptual game plans specific to a certain opponent because for the opponent. It's really genius, and I don't know. Okay. Now, Marina Rodriguez is from Florianopolis, Brazil. She trains at Thai, Brazil. So that particular gym is primarily a Muay Thai gym. Okay, and so uh, she's a striker, but I mean, if it goes to the ground, she's in big trouble, man. And now she's on a two-fight winning streak. You know, she had that big lucky punch against Amanda Rebus, and then she beat um, uh, Michelle Watterson by split decision. But I think she's in big trouble here, Schwan. Well, I think that who uh, Rodriguez? Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing with Rodriguez, and I said this against Hivas, even though um, even though some people on this podcast were against what I was saying, I said, Rodriguez, her biggest skill is she has a wide range of skills. There's not really an area you can completely dominate her in because she's got a good enough skill to challenge you in every area. That's basically what allowed her to have the opportunity against Hivas. I still say that was probably a lucky punch. I agree with you on that. But most people, Hebus gets into the position she got her in earlier. Hebus usually finishes. She was unable to finish because Rodriguez is comfortable fighting in multiple spots and multiple positions. Against Dern, you're facing an opponent who is a bigger, stronger, better athlete, harder hitter, and a far superior grappler. Now, Rodriguez has got a wider range of skills, but the fact of the matter is Rodriguez isn't a great offensive wrestler or defensive wrestler. That's kind of uneven. I guess she's a better striker, but she doesn't hit for power because if Michelle Watterson can pressure you, that tells me you don't hit very hard. And she throws a lot of volume, so you really don't hit that hard. So, so it's hard for me to picture a world where she beats um, the, a more durable, a physically stronger, and a harder-hitting opponent who's advantage in the ground game and who's, good at, who's, who's athletic enough to do damage on the feet. Not to mention much improved striking because of Jason Perillo. Yeah, she she actually places her shots better. She'll touch the body. Her jab is inconsistent as I wanted to be. Her defense seems to still be more 
offense, but you see little bumps and steps along the way. The biggest thing is she has some kind of poise to what she's doing now. Before she just run at you throwing haymakers and get out positioned and countered or taken down or, you know, just pushed like against Heba, she kept getting thrown. Now she works, she works away into range. When she gets hit, she doesn't just go balls to the wall. She'll attack the body. She'll go high. She'll go low. But what makes it so successful is she is a much bigger and stronger and better athlete. If she was she was Michelle Watterson making the same improvements, the results wouldn't be as dynamic because Michelle Watterson doesn't pack the power, doesn't have the strength or the durability that Dern has. And that's ultimately what I think separates the fight. It's gonna, I think it's gonna be like Shevchenko versus O'Neal. O'Neal and Dern have cl- made clear mistakes based on their aggression and their lack of their lack of seasoning to a certain degree. But one, they're both getting every day and two both are such dynamic athletes and they're real fighters like they really want to fight to the death it's hard to control somebody like that it's hard to be enough when that person's pressuring you so i i expect to see a fight similar to o'neill shevchenko except that marina marina's probably a little bit better all-around skilled and a better fighter but i i I expect it to be very similar yeah i I expect the kenzie to win obviously like i said i wouldn't have said that maybe a year and a half ago, but now she's settled in with a guy who really knows what the hell he's talking about. Well, I think, I think I'll say this, I don't, her previous camp wasn't a terrible one. I don't think it was a good fit, but I also think that she wasn't as committed to the process as she was now. So you have to lay well, her a feet. Lot, don't you think a lot of that, a lot of that, I mean, that's why it makes such a big difference. It's made such a big difference in every fighter he's ever worked with, you know, I, I agree that. But if, if he, you could be, and I know this from training fighters. I know this from training athletes. If the athlete is not bought in and focused themselves, you can teach them. Have to be in the mindset to take advantage of it. That's right. Okay, so we think McKenzie's going to win this, obviously. All right. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so the next fight is at I think flyweight. It's Maria Agapova. Versus Sabina Mazo. I'm kind of surprised I remembered that. <laughs> I'm impressed. Marie, anyways, Maria Agapova, she's from Kazakhstan, but she's training at ATT. And she lost her last fight to, what was it, Shannon Dobson? And she admitted this week that she kind of messed up and that's why she lost. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Sabina Mazo is from Colombia. But she trains at King's MMA in Huntington Beach, California, Rafael Cordero. And she was somebody who was a big deal in LFA because of her head kicks, right? I don't yeah. think we've seen that fighter in the UFC. I mean, we talk about this sometimes where fighters on the regional circuit, we see uh, them excel in the regional circuit, they get to the UFC, they're not so good. And I think that's what we've got here with both of these fighters. Uh, uh, Maria was an Invicta. She won one of those tournaments, and then she came to the UFC. Sabina was an LFA. She had these spectacular head kicks, and then she came to the UFC, and she's not so good. So I don't think either of them is all that great, Schwan. Well, I think Mazo isn't a bad um, I think she's fairly athletic. She's not always defensively sound because she throws a lot of volume and she throws for a lot of power. She's had she she has. She hasn't dominated because, once again, the gap between UFC or even Bellator and regional fighters is massive. So there's, but she's done well against solid fighter JJ Aldridge. That was when she didn't look dynamic, but she was able to beat JJ Aldridge. And Aldridge is a very well schooled, well conditioned fighter. She beat Justin Kish, not a very well schooled fighter, but a very tough and 
physically dominating fighter. Her losses came to Morose and Alexis Davis. Davis, it was a matter of size and 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 her grapple heavy style against Morose. She was just out. Wasn't I that? Wasn't that, that a hold on, hold on, hold on? Wasn't that a split decision? Uh, versus who? Davis. Davis. Oh no, it was the decision law uh, unanimous. Oh okay, I, well, it I wasn't sure. It could have been split. She landed enough shots, but she just couldn't back her off. But the thing about Acapova, she's a good fighter. She's a decent athlete. But once again, that's at regional levels. At this level, she's not a good enough athlete to make up for the lack of depth of skill she has. And she's not really a physical fighter. Shayna Dobson was really bullying her. And Acapova's wins have been over like no hopers. She fought Tracy Cortez, struggled with the athleticism and physicality. She fought Shayna Dobson, struggled with physicality and, and athleticism. Now she's fighting Sabina Mazo, who's better than Dodson, busier than Dodson, probably a better athlete, and has a better all-around skill set, but it's just as physical dynamic. So Schwan, it's really- can I, I got a question. Yes. Do you think somebody like Maria Agapova, who is currently trading in one of the biggest gyms in the world, would benefit from maybe getting more personalized training at a smaller place or from an individual coach? I think the good thing about training at a bigger gym is you get to spar with better people in theory. I don't even know if she gets to work with them. They might not like her. Um, but but at, at a certain point, if you're, you're hitting a, your head on the ceiling, sometimes you need to be able to get your own trainers whose specific focus is getting you on, on, on point. But the thing about Agapova is she's not a big enough star. I don't know if she makes enough money to, to make that investment. So, but yeah, I, I, I could be right. I think she would benefit from it. She, she doesn't fight with an identity that that pays attention to her strengths and her weaknesses as a fighter. She keeps putting herself in bad positions. And I don't know how nobody's cleaned that up and listen, or they're not helping her. It's, it's only one or the other. Okay. I think both fighters are in similar situations in that because they're both fighting in big gyms. They're both uh, training in big gyms. So, I mean, she I don't know. She could have called better fighters than her have called me. She could have called me and I, I would have helped her out. That's just what I'm saying. All right. All right. Who do you think wins this? I, I kind of like Sabina. I don't see how Sabina doesn't. This to me, this is like a like in a in a in another sport where they make a bad call. This is the makeup call. They Sabina took the fight against Davis. So they're gonna be like, you know what? We're gonna give you a layup. So you can have a dynamic win, get some it momentum. Was, hold it, hold it, hold it. It was Maria Agapova that fought that. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it mixed up. My fault. Wait, was it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Hmm. Seems weird. But either way, they're trying to give Sabina a fight where she can she can build some momentum, maybe show some of that dynamic ability. The Agapova is not very durable. She's not athletic, and she's not really a threat anywhere. In fact, if Maza loses this fight, she might really need to reconsider her career. All right. Anyways, we'll see what happens with that. Now, the third fight, who was supposed to be Sam Hughes versus uh, Lupita Godinez at Strawweight, and one of Sam's coaches tested positive for COVID-19. So uh, uh, the, the, they've brought in a fighter named uh, Silvana Gomez. I can't remember. It really doesn't matter. And she was supposed to be on next Tuesday's uh, Dana White Contender Series, okay? Now, Silvana is uh, originally from Argentina, but she trains in uh, Tijuana, Mexico, okay? She trains in Tijuana, Mexico. One of her uh, teammates is uh, 
uh, Brandon Marino. Okay. And for the most part, in recent times, she's fought in the Mexican regional circuit. She's 36 years old, Shawan. Isn't she a little old to be a prospect? Uh, she is, but once again, the women's MMA is like the wild, wild west. You put two wins together, you might be a tie. I mean, look, look at it as then. She was going to come on Dana White's contender series. A week later, she's got an actual contract to fight in the UFC just like that. Yeah, no kidding. Now, Lupita, that doesn't happen for the men. That does not happen yeah. for the men. Yeah, Lupita Godinez, well, sometimes it happens when a fighting drops out. But anyway, Lupita Godinez is from Mexico, but a couple of years ago, she moved to Canada, and she trains at Titan MMA in Langley, British Columbia. All right? And uh, she's another one who was at the LFA level, and she, you know she beat at LFA Vanessa Demopoulos, right? So they brought her into UFC. I think it might have been as a late replacement. And she didn't do so well. So that's what we got here. We got a fighter. I haven't seen her, Silvana, because there's no, uh, uh, her only two losses are the fights that were on video here from a few years ago. You know who she lost to? Her two losses were to uh, uh, Ariadne Lipsky and Pauliana Patello. Yeah, uh, it shows that she, she's fought competition. But the fact of the matter is, at regional MMA, they don't usually have big name prospects fight each other because the big the big name prospect is the star they're trying to build. So the fact that she fought two prospects lets me know that she's not well thought of as a future champion or potential uh, name fighter. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know who is. I haven't seen the one fighting, so I can't say. Who. So yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, it's. I would think just being younger and maybe moving into her prime and should be ascending, maybe Loopy, Loopy wins, but her is not very good. She gave away a fight. She had no reason to lose in a big spot, and that, that sticks with me. But I have nothing to go off with the next girl, so just as low IQ as Loopy is. Okay, so now we have next Tuesday's Dana White Contender Series. Uh, the fight, like I said, was supposed to be Silvana Gomez Juarez. That's her name. Okay, against Maria Silva. So what they've done is they brought in, uh, just announced this like an hour ago, Catherine Papraki. So Catherine Papraki is 28 years old. She trains at DCO in Denver. She has a 5-2 and two record. She fought in the LFA in May. Maria Silva is 25 years old from Fortaleza, Brazil. She's 6-0. and She has not fought outside Brazilian regional, and there were no fights of hers on YouTube that Never I could find. Hit. Never a good sign. Okay, so this is on the Contender Series, though. Yeah, still. <laughs> still. It's a concern. You see some of, the, some of these Brazilian prospects fall so far off, like they look like superheroes. And then they get in the UFC, and you're like, how did you even make So, I mean, I, I don't think either, is a, either of us have seen either of these fighters, so I really no. don't have any comment about it. Nope. It's just like, people... Oh. Someone to make a name for themselves, that's it. By the way, the one thing I forgot to mention with Saturday's UFC show is the fans in Canada, because the show is in the afternoon and it starts at 1.30 p.m., it will not air on TSN. It will 
be a complete the entire show will be on UFC Fight Pass. So I just wanted to mention that to Canadian fans. Okay, hmm. the one thing, huh? No, no, I said, hmm. Well, that's what TSN has done. Any fights that are, any uh, shows that are during the day, they don't they don't air them, and they air on UFC Fight Pass the entire. That's fair enough. Okay. Now, the one thing we want to talk about is Bellator announced that uh, Chris Cyborg will defend her title, I think, in early December with against Shanette uh, Kavanaugh. And uh, you're pretty happy about that, eh, Schwan? Well, I mean, I'm the reason the fight happened. So, yeah. I actually wrote an article saying why that fight makes sense. But you know who didn't laugh at me? Chris Cyborg's account tweeted me directly and said, Who's the Sinead Kavanaugh? Is she a striker? And I replied and reposted the article three weeks ago. And then Sinead Kavanaugh said, oh, that's an excellently written analysis. Who knows? We might see that fight very soon. Three (laughs) weeks later, fight is made. You're welcome. I make things happen. Fighters, contact me. I will get you the fight you want. I've already done it once. All right. So the one question that's been asked of me about this is... Where the hell is Kat Singano? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> she has two wins, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, here's what I say about it. I, I, what did I tell you about it when we talked about this previously? Is that, who cares? Okay? Neither of them can be cyborgs. What difference does it make? Um, I'm assuming Kat, I know for a while she only fought like once a year, so I'm assuming there's some physical reason behind her not taking, maybe she wants to fight in and build some momentum. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, or the fact that she hasn't fought anybody who's challenger, so she wants to at least get one tough fight in to, to prepare herself. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, you know, fight right away. I want a couple fights, get my feet wet, get my that title fight the best shot I can. Jumping right in again. To me, it makes no difference. There's no way Cyborg is losing. Forget it. Maybe not, but three paychecks and one for a championship fight is better than just one big paycheck. Then got to go twice more. All right. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is Ryzen has announced that they're going to be doing a fight, I think, at the end of October. It's going to be... um, uh, Kana Asakura uh, versus Saori Oshima. Uh, Saori is uh, fought in Deep Jewels. And the, the general thinking is whoever wins this fight is going to get a shot at uh, Ayaka Hamazaki at the end of the year. Okay? And uh, I don't know who's going to win the fight. Uh, Kana has fought her before, and I don't think he would beat her. I don't know mm-hmm. if Saori Oshima is any better. I kind of doubt it. Because they're just not there. So uh, that's all I wanted to say about that. Is this a fight happening because it's two popular fighters? Like, why is this rematch happening? Um, you know, Sari has had very good uh, results at uh, Indeed Jewels. So she's getting a chance to fight in a Ryzen show. That's what everybody wants to do. Over there, right? They all want to fight on Ryzen shows. Okay. I'm just curious why this is happening if it's not, if there's no chance that it's going to be much different. Well, because they need to have a fight at the end of the year-end show. That's why. Okay, fair enough. I was just asking. I, I'm trying to understand. All right. You have anything else you want to talk about, Juan? Um, No, sir. Outside of saying, you fighters, 
Y'all need my help. It, it's getting embarrassing out there. But other than that, I'm good. All right. Again, don't forget to check out my blog, frankv316.blogspot.com. Uh, all the fights from last weekend are up on my blog. If you have any questions or comments for my uh, blog or either my podcast, you can do so Anchor's voicemail. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.